0: Welcome to the On Stage with Wellness
1: podcast. I'm Danny, And I'm Gina. We are performers turned certified health coaches who
0: help artists reclaim their power and take intentional action in their life. Are you a performer who is tired of feeling burnt out, not good enough, and like you don't have control over your career? Get ready to feel energized, confident, and fully in charge of you on and off the stage. Tune
1: in each week to get holistic lifestyle and nutrition tips for a sustainable career as a performer, our own inspirational stories and experiences, as well as our guests, and practical tools to handle rejection, competition, and perfectionism in the industry. And now, on with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It's
0: Gina. It's Danny.
1: <laughs> we hope everyone is doing an amazing, amazing job today, and we are back with another beautiful, beautiful guest. Um, her name is Deanna. She is an intuitive coach, host, and creator of the Nourish Actor podcast and professional actor based in the New York City area. As a young actor, Deanna felt like her sensitive nature held her back from success as a theater artist, but as when she finally accepted and understood her energetic sensibilities That she was able to step into her authenticity and thrive as an actor. Ooh, that sounds so juicy. In her coaching, business, and podcast, Diana empowers sensitive creatives to live and create from a deeply nourished and supported place. She helps sensitive creatives use their empathetic energetics as a superpower rather than a disadvantage in their career and beyond. Welcome, Diana. Ooh, like (laughs) Jasmine. Thank you for having me. Yes. We're so so happy to
0: have you. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, I love your bio. It's Mm -hmm. so interesting, and I just – I'm excited to dive in. There's a lot there. Yeah, it's definitely
2: shifted quite a bit. It's funny. When y'all asked for a bio, I was like, I'm going to have to totally rewrite this because what I originally (laughs) had saved from, like, previous podcast interviews and stuff, I was like – this isn't quite what I do anymore. So it was <laughs> exciting to like kind of do that business hive mind and think about mm-hmm. what exactly do I do and who do I help? So thank you guys for helping me. Oh my I God, love that. Welcome. Narrow that niche. <laughs> we will do it anytime for you. We will yes. ask all
1: the questions, including today.
0: Yeah. <laughs> love it. So Diana, when – So when did you realize that you were sensitive? And when did you kind of realize that maybe you were different than what the industry expected of you? And what was like the big turning point?
2: Mm, Great question. So Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that I think I always knew. It's like with so many things, right? We always know, but until we like realize that it's not maybe common, or it's not the norm amongst everybody, you don't realize it's something that's such a big part of you. So I was always super, I don't like to use the word emotional because everyone's emotional, but I always felt like I reacted to things so big and not even dramatic. It was more like, I just had so much um, feelings for myself, but also the world. (laughs) Actually, there's a very specific moment in my childhood, nothing to do with theater where my sister told me a story about a kid in her um, classroom who brought in homemade muffins for her birthday or something. And this kid wasn't popular. She was like, you know, unfortunately the kid was made fun of in class and all these things and nobody took her birthday muffins. I heard that story. I cried for like days, wrote a letter to the teacher Saying that she had to, like, enforce something. I don't know. And it's so funny because I don't think of myself as, like, a vigilante of any sort. But it just came out that way because I, like, literally felt – I was like, oh, my gosh. I can feel exactly how this little girl felt. And Mm. so that's kind of the first moment where I realized that I was, like, feeling things for other people. Mm. (laughs) And that sounds so – so woo woo, but it really is true. Oh, felt- That's such
1: a woman thing though.
2: Like we oh, as yes. women are so sensitive and emotional and we
1: depend on community and connection. So like there is nothing wrong with you.
2: No, <laughs> no, no, totally. And I guess too. So when it really started to come into shape, especially now that I'm a business owner and I coach people, I was realizing, um, I started my coaching business officially in February. Um, and before that, I was doing a ton of personal development work with other coaches, you know, um, in other parts of my life. And they were starting to point it out to me very kindly and gradually, as to not like scare me, but to be like, <laughs> you do realize that this reaction, you're taking in a lot of people's energetics. And I was like, oh, yeah, but doesn't everybody like. <laughs> I played it off like it was just like everyone's norm and it's not. Um, And then I realized when I was coaching people that there are performers, um, which is who I was working with originally, who do not, um, like who don't feel the energetics of an audition room or maybe not, they don't feel them as strongly. Mm -hmm. There aren't, there are performers who like when I walk into an audition room, Mm -hmm. I can feel right away, and it works for my benefit as well as my disadvantage, I can feel exactly where everyone's energetics are. I can tell if someone's bored before I even walk in. And of course, we all can. We're perceptive. But it's more like I feel the... How does the room feel when you walk in? Does it feel like claustrophobic? Does it feel expansive, et cetera, et cetera? And so when I was working with others, I was coaching them and explaining these things. And some of them were saying, Oh, I don't, that's not a thing for me. And I was like, How is that not a thing for you? This is my (laughs) life. And so that was the big aha, was when I started coaching others and realizing that, yes, we all have this to an extent, this sensitive nature, especially women. But there are certain people who have it to an extreme that if you don't figure out how to work with it versus, versus against it, it will really rule your life in a negative way. And so I'm here to be like, no, let's turn it around and make it your freaking superpower. And so that's yes. what I do. <laughs> it's,
0: like a,
1: it's like a hyper awareness,
0: basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have yeah. that. And I think, I mean, I think we can probably both relate to that, Gina. I know Mm -hmm. I can, I don't think I ever knew, like when I was going to auditions, I didn't know that that's how I was, but Mm -hmm. in retrospect and like looking back, I do think it like very much affected me because Mm -hmm. it totally depended on like who was in the room and what kind of energy they brought. And that's Mm -hmm. the energy that I then brought back. So if I walked into an audition room and they were like very open and warm and welcoming, Mm -hmm. I felt so comfortable and I was fully myself. But when I felt like this like kind of cold, you know, energy, then Mm -hmm. I like froze up and I became, you know, not myself and I couldn't execute the choreography well Mm -hmm. and – which is, you know, silly because I have all these years of training. I should have been able to execute it well, but it had nothing to do with like my skills. It had to do with the energy in the room. So Mm -hmm. yeah, freaking mind-blowing. Yeah. And it's so
1: hard when you're a performer because you want to be accepted. You want to be – loved by the other people in the room, even if it's the other actors that are auditioning with you. And that was a struggle for me too. It's like if I wasn't liked by the by my peers, I'd be like, oh, like, oh, I'd feel so weird about it. I didn't really get it from the auditioner, but definitely from from the people, the other auditioner ease in the room.
2: Yeah. It's so interesting. When you start to like unpack it. And of course, like mm. I said, I think everyone's on a spectrum. So I do think that everyone I mean, everyone deals with energetics. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's why you feel someone behind you, right? Like mm-hmm. that's a physical energetic thing that you feel. You, can, you don't see them, but you feel them. Mm-hmm. Same idea with when you're talking to someone who, and I'm not, this is not a judgment towards a person like this, but let's say you're talking to someone who is just continually complaining,
0: mm-hmm. right?
2: They're putting that energetic uh, emotion and that heaviness out into the universe. And it's like, you feel it. it's in, again, depending on where you are on the spectrum of sensitivity, which is kind of the idea or the, the verbiage I like right now (laughs) might change. Um, but where you are on the spectrum is really going to determine how you need to either protect yourself or how you might be able to just like, again, be near someone like that and you might be fine. Yeah.
1: I love that. So I guess, you, you did explain energetics a little bit for people who, like you said, don't feel the same way that you do about energetics and can't really feel it. Um, how would you explain it in like a third graders vocabulary? What energetics is,
0: <laughs> what yeah. energetics
1: is, and then also how has it navig- How has it helped navigate this industry, this oh. industry?
2: such a good question. And it's one that I'm like continually asking myself because sometimes there's a lot of material around this type of thing, you know, and I have delved into some of it, but part, part of, I also haven't on purpose because I'm like, I really need to understand how I explain energetics versus reading someone else and being like, Oh, that's how they do it. So in a third graders perspective of what are energetics, it really is the vibe it's the vibe. That's a very, very low like, level idea. And of course we can go on and on about it, but it's a vibe you get. It's a feeling. It is um, an intuitive hit, right? So if you're not super intuitive or not that you're not, but perhaps you haven't connected to your intuition as much, It's that funny feeling you get when you meet someone who you're instantly attracted to, maybe not romantically, but you're attracted to them. You're like, oh my gosh, I want to be around this person. That's an energetic hit. That's like a you're attracted to their higher vibe. It's the same idea as when you talk to somebody who maybe for whatever reason is a little bit of a Debbie Downer and you get that little bit of like a, ooh, they're really like draining my energy or they're really bringing me down. Like it could be as simple as that. That is energetics, right? It's taking other people's, um, what they're putting out there into the world and synthesizing it. It's kind of crazy. And of course you can go into like more and more about it. Like there's physical energetics, there's emotional, there's spiritual, which I'm not even going to go into that, but (laughs) that is the very like base idea. It's a vibe you get from somebody, a situation Um, or an environment. Mm. It's a vibe. And of course, like it's going to be different for each person. So that's why I'm going to keep it very basic. Um, Mm. But I think the people that I, or who I am and the people I work with tend to be people who are very affected or can really um, understand like if there's multiple energies in a room, they feel Mm. them all, or perhaps they're Again, like they might get overwhelmed with stimulus because mm-hmm. that's a lot of energetics mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's kind of like the very basic <laughs> mm-hmm. of energetics, and it's if you want to like go super basic, it's a vibe. What is the vibe that you get, and you can also cultivate this too by the mm-hmm. way, so I love yeah. that
0: yeah, yeah, I think too. like it sounds like people who are maybe highly sensitive are and who are maybe like really intuitive um. They, I just lost my train of thought.
2: Well, it's. I feel like when we talk about this type of stuff, it's so easy to do that because so (gasps) much of it. it. (laughs) No, so much of it feels like it's like what are we talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a vibe, but you know, the feeling like, right. Right. You, you oh, know. I was going
0: to say they're self-aware. Like I yes. love a high level mm-hmm. of self-awareness mm-hmm. and because there, I think there are people who maybe aren't in tune with the vibe of the room. And I just, I think that's maybe, uh, maybe a lack of self-awareness and nothing against people who are that. I think you can work on it and build it. You know, I think maybe it's something that you might just have to Cultivate, you know, but um, but it seems like highly sensitive people are people who are also like just highly self-aware,
1: and that's mm, yeah. when
0: able to tap into all those other energies.
1: So, Deanna, I'm curious to know, knowing that about you and and discovering that about you, how in audition rooms or even while you were performing, like how mm. did that affect you, and how did that did you feel like it was hindering you, or did you feel like it was benefiting you in certain situations?
2: Yeah. Ooh, great question. Y'all are on fire. Um, I'm going <laughs> to give you like, fire. thank you. I'm going to give you like a before and after, right? So yes. like before Deanna figured out her witchy self and then after. So before what was interesting is, and I, I actually, again, now that I'm honing in on my niche and talking to these people, i found that for people who start to realize that they're they're very sensitive, they kind of are in one or two camps in terms of how they deal with it. If they're not, again, like constantly doing this personal development around it, if they haven't delved into that yet, they're either one really cold. Uh, and this is, again, we're generalizing, but and I don't mean cold, but they like shut off. Like They have to put up really, really strict boundaries and they might come off like, let's say in an audition room as like super professional, but they come in, they do their thing, they leave because they have to put up these guards because otherwise this energy around them is going to, you know, uh, infiltrate them. And that's, and that would like take them off their, uh, off their game, let's say. So that's one type of, um, energetically sensitive person. And then the other one would be what I was, which is taking it all in and having no boundaries. And again, like, if I, let's say um, before I really started to work on this stuff, I, if I talked to someone in line at an audition who was maybe, and it's not even like they were doing something bad, right? It's not their fault. It's my fault for not understanding myself and putting up boundaries or whatever. But if they were talking about, if they were really nervous and they were, talking about oh my gosh they're only letting people do eight bars how can they only do eight bars whatever the thing is if they were saying that and i was next to them i even if i was incredibly calm and ready to do my thing i would start to like get that energy and be like oh shit they're only doing eight bars shit am i prepared what am i singing wait what am i singing what am i doing and i found that like as an energetically sensitive person in theater specifically and as a performer I got overwhelmed by other people so easily and I didn't realize it for so long. And so I kept putting myself in these situations or not having boundaries. And so like for auditions, like I would quickly get put off course by somebody else, whether it was in the room, outside the room waiting. And so for me, before I started to hone the skill and really understand my sensitivities, I would get overwhelmed and derailed a lot. And I found that I was not focused. I couldn't focus. And that is a big telltale sign of someone who's really energetically sensitive. If you have trouble dropping in in the room because of all the outside inputs, you might be energetically sensitive. So that was kind of me before. And I will say in terms of like on stage, it actually – Maybe because at that point I already like felt safe. Safety is a big thing for an energetically sensitive person too. Uh, I mean, it's it's important to everyone.
0: (laughs) But um, But feeling safe to be present and be yourself. Yes, -hmm. exactly.
2: Lose at that point. Yeah, and also too knowing that like if once you're let's say in a show, you realize that you're all. you're all worthy of being there. You all are safe. You were all picked and you, you feel like you can be yourself in whatever way that comes out in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, so I will say as a performer, like when I was in a job, it helped me because I was really able to connect with my scene partners Mm -hmm. really quickly. I could like tap into their energetics and especially if they were someone who Again, maybe has a higher vibe. I hate that term, but you know what I mean? (laughs) If they had a higher vibe, um, it was like almost like attraction, not romantically, but like in terms of my scene partners. Um, And I will say too, if I was working with someone who maybe wasn't on that level, or maybe they weren't giving all that I, you know, all that they could, I still, being the energetically sensitive person, I could kind of give more to Mm. compensate. Mm. You know, so it's I relate of, to that a lot. Actually, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's interesting, and I think again, every actor. If you're a good actor, I think you're going to do this naturally as well. Mm. But as an energetically sensitive person, it's even more apparent, right? If you're like working with someone who is not on your level, you're like, okay, I'm going to give a little extra. Or if you're mm. working with someone who's maybe giving way too much, you know mm-hmm. how to tone it back. Mm. Um, so. It's never really hindered my performing, um, but it has hindered my auditioning a lot. Mm. And once I started to understand my sensibilities, if you will, I started to really be able to be myself regardless of the inputs of the room, of the audition scenario. And I did that from a bunch of different techniques that i like I also teach, so there's a lot of stuff about like boundaries and also making space whenever you can, so taking yourself out of those situations mm-hmm. um, yeah but there's it's a it's a big old rabbit hole of things that I did, but yeah, afterwards it started to really help me because I started to be able to understand the energetics of a room and play off of them, but not let it hurt me, like not let it impose on me. So if I did go into a room that let's say was really cold, was really distracted or whatever, I could still go in and be me and give my full self without Mm -hmm. taking in what they were giving if it wasn't something that could actually benefit me. Does this Mm -hmm. make sense? (laughs) So clear. That's
0: amazing. (laughs) Like So clear. (sighs) It's it's amazing the work that it takes to be able to do that. But Mm -hmm. that's, that's beautiful that you've gotten to that place. And I love that you help people with that. I think Mm. that is, I mean, I needed you. Like I needed (laughs) you as a coach. Like, where (laughs) were you all those years? But I can like really relate to everything you're saying. And it's like taking me back a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I'm like thinking about myself in these situations and wow. Yeah. I really, I let a lot of things affect me and I, and I've come to realize that now, but, um, it's interesting to see that like, you've kind of overcome that and you are doing a lot of work to still audition in that like new space.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a whole new ball game now, like, cause now, and of course it's not foolproof. Do I still get distracted and have people, like energy vampires, of I call course. them, you know, energy <laughs> You're vampires. You're human. Like, <laughs> like yeah. let's be real. They still come around. You, have you yeah. heard Die Vampire Die from I... um, Title of Show? <laughs> like, come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> um, But it's definitely like I've started to realize that by honing it, you can actually really make it a powerful tool versus a detriment. And that's like yeah. mm, so – so incredible.
1: <laughs> no, this yeah. is good. I feel like a lot of people probably struggle with this, and I think you've just put it into words for them, as to what it is and how to tackle it, and how it can help them and, and hinder them. So that's yeah. beautiful.
0: Thanks.
2: Mm. Uh,
0: I'm, yeah, I'm curious, Diana. So, what, um, like, where does your passion lie as an actor? Like, what kind of roles do you love to do? What do you wish maybe you could do more of? I'm curious, like, if you're sensitive nature has led you to like specific roles? Mm.
2: Oh, that's such a good question. Y'all <laughs> can I come on the podcast all the time? You guys are so good. Um, I am taking notes for my podcast for interview style. I'm like, just go listen to everything Gina and Danny have done. Okay. They love you. Uh, <laughs> as for your question, that's such a good one. I think, I don't know if it is actually wait, yes, you're right. It does lead me (laughs) to specific roles. Um, I actually think, and it's funny, I've never thought of it this way. So this just came to me now. Yes, I think I do try to find like, um, (laughs) if there would be like an energetically sensitive role in each freaking cast, like that would be (laughs) the one I play. I think about, um, two of the big roles that I think about that I have played in the past. And I've, talked about them before but one is little sally from Town, which we think of little sally as like she's part narrator and whatever but she's also the truth teller and energetically sensitive people tend to be pretty intuitive and pretty um whether they want to tap into it or not empathic and sometimes even um clairvoyant (laughs) Whole nother podcast, but anywho, um, little Sally, and you're in town, is the one not only telling the truths that no one else will say, but is also the like hope and the guiding light of the show. And I played her when I was like 16, and at the time, of course, like I didn't know any of this shit. So <laughs> it's like looking back is you know a hindsight is 2020. But I think about that, and I'm like, I'm drawn to that role, and I still am because of her essence, right? Her core. It is like, she's literally taking in the energetics of the situation and being like, how can we make this better? Like Mm
0: -hmm. anyway,
2: so that is definitely a role I like think about all the time. And I love similar roles to that. Um, And then the other one's Frenchie from Greece. I've played her Mm -hmm. twice. I talk about it all the time because I would play her in a heartbeat like Mm -hmm. every day. Why? Because she is, again, she's thinking about like, everybody else all the time. And mm. even though she does have her own dreams and ambitions, it's like she she's just so sensitive to, like, all the inputs of the world. And I love her because she's so vulnerable and she's so um, – She's the guiding light. She's the mm-hmm. hope, right? We don't know, you know, depending on who directs the show. We don't know <laughs> if she ends up going to beauty school, depending on the cut, you know, if she ends up <laughs> dropping out, if she goes back to school, whatever the case is. But we know she's going to be okay because she has that hope and that, that light about her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Ooh, that is such a good question. I love that. Yeah. I think I am drawn to those roles that have that, like that hope aspect. Um, and again, that kind of like, and I don't want to say purity, it's not purity, but just that, um, honesty. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. I know you wrote a
1: lot about authenticity and yeah. genuine nature and definitely the sensitivity of you and, those energetically sensitive people are the people that are going to just see things for what they are and be really real and mm-hmm. honest about a situation. So, but yeah. also, like you said, be hopeful that things can be better and um, different. So,
2: yeah. So well, good. it's it's funny too with the honesty piece. I think mm-hmm. the reason I'm so drawn to that subject and I talk about it a lot is because, as someone who's highly sensitive, for the longest time, I hid myself. And I, because again, I can, I know what other people want of me. Let's like, I I know that's such a weird terminology, but Mm. I can tell what other people expect from me, what they Mm. want from me. So for the longest time as a performer, especially, but also in my personal life, I played the role that whoever you wanted me to be, I would be. And I, you know, and it's because again, like, and of course everyone might, you can do this without being sensitive, but as a sensitive person, it was like, I knew right away what my professor thought of me, what they expected of me. And I just played mm-hmm. that role because it was easy. And, and it what was, were those roles? I honestly, it was more, it, it's not like it's not me, but it was just like a hyper, um, like a hyper me that isn't real. So no. I was playing like the cutesy, funny, like um, yes. whatever. And I still play those, but mm-hmm. now I feel like they're rooted in authenticity versus like mm. being like, I felt like I had to be perfect all the time mm-hmm. and I couldn't fail. I had to come in with all of my shit together and I couldn't like fail and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't consider myself a perfectionist, but I felt that other people thought I was a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I played I that even, role. Yes.
1: I understand you. Like yeah. what you're saying is exactly how I felt because you guys know on this podcast, I've said, all I do is play kids. Like, that is what people expect of me. I play young people. I'm short. I've a not this morning because I'm feeling a little sultry this morning. But most of the time, I have like a very high pitched voice and a high pitched singing voice. So mm-hmm. i I know my type, but also I craved playing those roles, kind of like what you said, who are more authentic, more sensitive, more real. And I felt like the characters that I was expected to play were, like you said, a hyper version of yourself or like what people expected you to put out into the world. So that is so real. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to this because they just kind of do what they're naturally like doing already. And they don't explore that part of themselves and they should.
2: Yes. Oh, yes. And also too, it's like, it's not to say, at least for me, it's not to say I won't play those roles. Like I just think, for example, um, Gertrude from um, Seussical. It's a really yeah. good example. I sang that freaking notice me Horton for years. and Same girl. I, right? Same. Um, <laughs> no judgment. Um, yeah. But, and I still would play Gertrude, right? This That's not a role that's not like me. But instead of like, Playing it as like this, what I think Gertrude should be. I'm going to play it as how Diana thinks Gertrude should be, not what a professor thinks, not what a casting mm. director thinks, et cetera, et cetera. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't started to understand and have self awareness around myself, around my sensitivity, around my empathic nature, all these things. Um, so now I'm finally able to show up mm. as Diana versus whatever you think Diana should be. I
0: love that. Mm. This is reminding me too. And this is, I think like the second time I brought up Thomas's interview, but we did <laughs> yeah. an interview like a talent manager and mm. he is, he actually, um, part of his work is he wants to kind of like abolish the word type. And like mm. he asks his clients, like, where do you see yourself? And mm. I really hope that's kind of the future is us, mm-hmm. us trying less to fit into a box and to fit mm. into the expectation, but us coming in, being really clear and sure of ourselves and who we are. Mm. And like you said, like being you, being Deanna, being Danny, being Gina, yes. you know, or whatever your, <laughs> whatever your name is. <laughs> And playing the character as you and like your own way, your own version of it instead of mm-hmm. like trying to fit into that box. So mm,
1: that is exactly what I thought of. I also thought of yeah. our, our episodes on values, vision, mm-hmm. really knowing yourself, doing that deep work
0: yeah. and just
1: knowing where you want to go instead of like you said, taking all the energies of other people and pretending to be someone that's the same as everyone else. So
2: yes. Oh. Well, oh, yeah. and that's, Bless it's her. so important for everyone to do that work. And especially if you're someone who is sensitive, because guess what? Uh, It is so easy to lose yourself (laughs) in others. It's so easy. I think for so long, I was living a life based on other people's dreams, not my own girl preach. Oh my god. We talk about that, that all the time. Soul. Oh my god. <laughs> and like so that. if you don't start to like actually visualize and think about what do you, and it it takes a while cuz guess what? Mm-hmm, you yeah. start to peel back the layers and you're like, "Oh, that's what I want." But mm-hmm. then you dig into it more and you try that for a couple months and then you realize, "Oh, wait, no. That isn't actually what I wanted." You yeah. dig a little deeper and it's going to be always changing. But yeah. the fact is, you have to start. You mm-hmm. got to start thinking about what you want. Who you are, like who you are, not who your mom wants you to be, not who mm-hmm. your, you know, agent wants you to be, whoever it is in your life. Um, mm, I'm just preaching. Yeah. Preach, preach, girl, preaching. preach, preach, preach. They say so, it all the time. It's
0: so interesting. Like it really, it it can take a very long time, like you said. Like I feel like I started doing personal development work years ago, and I'm like just getting to a place mm-hmm. now where like I'm like. Really peeling back. And I'm like, oh, the work I did then, I mean, it was the starting point, but I was nowhere near, like, you know, I was just nowhere near understanding myself. Like, I'm so.
1: (laughs) And I I have to bring up when people think of personal development and working on yourself, they think of external resources. They think of, I have to read this book. I have to follow this person. I have to take this class. I have to do all these external things. And I have found, and you have found, Danny, and I'm sure you have as well, Deanna, that. It, it's about actually taking all that stuff away and looking internally and just not even looking at what other people are doing or what like classes and books you need to learn from. And a lot of that for me was about trust, was about self-trust. That's one of my values. Mm-hmm. And just trusting that you know enough that everything that you have inside of you is going to guide you. Um, And so we talk about personal development and growth and all that stuff, but a lot of the time it needs to be internal work as opposed to looking for all these external resources to improve our lives in some way. Mm. you got to
0: do the work in your real life. Mm,
1: mm, Yes.
0: mm. I have
2: so many like podcast episodes about that. So I'm just like, yes, (laughs) it's so important. And I, I think too, it's like the outer stuff can be so helpful because it can help unlock something or it can um, inspire you to, again, start the work, which is so important. But at the end of the day, it's all about you. So it's about looking at you, not about a book telling you that this is the way to change your habits, which like, again, can be such a useful tool, but that's what it is. It's a tool. It's not going to do the work for you. Yeah.
1: And I think that's the issue is like, even for us, Danny, like we were just reading and and taking in and we weren't doing enough like actionable steps. Mm -hmm. I think that was the issue.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, those things can be helpful, but it's like, when is enough?
0: Mm Yeah. And
1: when, like, are you even actioning those things? Yeah. Mm. I
0: realized I was like, Convincing myself I was doing the work by <laughs> reading all these books and by listening to all these things. And that is important. Like, you should definitely totally, do those But I wasn't actually doing the work. I was just like totally. pretending. I just thought I was because I was like, well, I'm reading this stuff. I'm learning. <laughs> like, you <know>? we're
1: growing.
2: <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> right. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> we called it, what was that word? learning. Procrastinating. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, that it's could be real. like, um, for some people, it's like you'll just get into, oh my gosh, there's a phrase it's not important, but you, you could, if you're someone who like, is like constantly like not trusting yourself, you're just going to continue to look, 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 and there's never going to be an answer for you. Yes, exactly. (laughs) External energies. Exactly. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, we kind of talked about this a little bit. You are an intuitive coach or at least you're trying to go in that direction now and you're trying to help people with that. So I want to kind of combine these questions of like, how do you help people? What advice do you have to sensitive performers? Mm-hmm. Um, and like people pleasers kind of like what we've talked about a little bit.
2: Ooh, oh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many things to say. Um, okay. Can you repeat the question? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. It was, it was a bit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I guess, sure I answer it how do you,
1: how do you coach people and what advice do you tell them Mm. if they're, if there's those sensitive performers.
2: Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. I got this. I got this. Okay. So how do I coach people? So for me, so a coach in general, if you're working with a, so life coaches is what I'm technically, if we want to go base, like based on the labels, but um, it's also why I'm like playing around with my title. Cause I'm like, I don't really like that title. But I haven't found another title I like better. I thought about Creative Guide for a little bit. Intuition Coach. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Creative Guide. That's Creative Guide. Intuition Coach. We only have 30 uh like letters on your Instagram. I know. I know. So So we'll figure it out later. Um, I'm so
1: multifaceted. I'm like, why? Why is there only three- Why do I have to label myself? Yeah.
0: So (laughs) anywho we'd confuse uh, people if we really wrote all the things that we do. (laughs) It's like, what do I not do? Yeah. No. Um
2: okay. So what I first do when I'm coaching people is I really now that I've dug into being specifically someone who works with sensitives. I really do want to make sure I'm working with someone who does identify as sensitive. And of course, like I said, there's spectrums. And I think I can help someone who maybe is on the like, less sensitive spectrum. But I'm really looking at people who are almost like um, so overwhelmed with their emotions, with other people's emotions, with these inputs that they feel like they can't be a creative or they feel like this industry maybe doesn't fit them. Um, and I'm constantly coaching my clients through things from a place of asking questions. I mean, this is a good coach, right? Asking questions, really digging into what they are feeling because the reality is whether you're coaching sensitives, regular people, performers, whoever it is, everyone's different. So, and it's also why, um, I'm working on a series on my instagram about you might be a sensitive creative if and it's going to be funny because there are very specific situations that if you're a sensitive person you're like oh yep check 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 however sensitivities show up differently so again like i talked about in the beginning you know you might be an energetically sensitive person that has blocked themselves so far off that they are incredibly cold or maybe they seem dis, um disjointed Like they're totally removed. Um, And that's someone who's energetically sensitive as well as the person who's crying in the corner, me. (laughs) So how do I help help people? The biggest thing is finding out how we can lock you in when you need to be. And it's specifically important during highly um, stressful situations, which as a performer, what are those times? Auditions. It's auditioning mostly. Um, and then also too, if you 're doing a role that is perhaps um, very taxing on you, so if you 're doing a role that is emotionally draining, if you 're working with someone who 's emotionally draining, mm-hmm. <laughs> these are the types of situations I like to craft a plan mm-hmm. for my sensitive folks um, so that they can go into that situation and have a good mix of like an open heart and boundaries so that they can drive Because if we have too much of an open heart, you get overwhelmed with input. If you have too many boundaries, you're going to be stiff and cold and you probably won't connect either with the auditioners or with the audience or with your scene partner. So we have to find a balance and a mix. So it's a lot of um, relaxation techniques, but also again, on the flip side, we don't want to, um, if you're someone who like is super like hyper-focused as a sensitive we might have to, um, oh, I mixed it up. Th- those people might need relaxation and the other people might need to be energized. Mm, so yes. again, we're finding out tips of how to um, craft a, like almost like a checklist to get yourself in a place of neutrality so that we're not, again, we're not taking the, the feelings of the person next to, to you. We're not taking the auditioner's feelings and kind of, having them in our bodies. Does that make sense? So clear. Yeah. yeah. And I guess too, when, when I'm coaching, whether it's about the career or just about life, it's really about figuring out how you tick. What are the things that are really your biggest problems? And how can I, as a intuitive, help you maybe see things that you don't see? Mm. And I guess the intuitive part for me, and this is something I've been, it's very new to my work, <laughs> but- Like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be so woo! I can't believe I'm saying this here. Oh my god, say it, woo, woo, woo! No, I love it. (laughs) Welcome it. Right, but like, I get a lot of messaging for others. So like, and you can call messaging whatever the hell you want. I just mean like, I get intuitive hits for people. Mm -hmm. And as a coach, it's interesting because as a coach, you don't want to tell someone what to do. Mm -hmm. You can offer up tools. You might want to lead them in a direction so that they start thinking about things one way, or they start seeing maybe their habit or seeing the problem, whatever it is, but you don't want to tell someone something. However, as an intuitive, if I get a message for you, it's something that I feel like I need to tell you. So as Mm. a coach, it's this weird like thing that I'm still working Mm. on. But I think the biggest thing is, is you have to, as, as an empathic person myself, Mm. I have to read the person and think to myself, is this person ready to hear this? are they willing and able to actually take in this information right now Mm. and also ask for that consent? Mm. (laughs) So, you know, I got a message for my sister the other day and I was like, Hey, got a message about this. Like, do you want it? And, And like, I totally was like, you can say no. It's just like a weird thing. And she was like, yeah, sure. Ready. If I were talking with a client again, I might not even bring it up if they're at a place where they're not ready to hear something like that. So it would be something that I write down and I bring up later. (laughs) Mm, So cool. Yeah. There's, it's a, it's a lot. And I know that might have been a little confusing, but it's just life coaching with a little bit more of a perspective, uh, knowing that the people I'm coaching are like me. So Mm. I oftentimes have to think about how would I react if someone just told me straight out the gate, like, Hey, this is an issue that I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. Like, how would I react? Yeah. It might not be great if I'm not ready for it. If I'm just at the start of my personal development journey Mm. um, versus someone who may have been working on it for a while.
1: Mm. (laughs) I'm going back, Danny. I'm um, being reminded of all of our like coaching skills from IIN Mm -hmm. of like magic of mirroring and asking (gasps) intentional questions or high mileage questions And when you were like, I try to make a plan for each of my clients. That's such like a coaching Mm -hmm. mindset and what we Mm -hmm. were taught as coaches to Danny. It's like you make a plan that's catered to them and meet them where they are. And I love that you look at all your clients individually and say, okay, you are blocking emotions. We need to energize you or you're a little bit too relaxed. Like we need to energize you or do different techniques for each person. And I think – That is so important. And for our listeners, I think it helps to be self-aware if you don't have a coach near you. (laughs) Yes. To be super self-aware of what is happening in your life, how you feel, and to do what you need to do as opposed to what you see other people do. And it has to work for you. So having a guide, having a checklist that you create for them being helpful, but also like asking them the questions
2: and asking them what they need right now. That's mm-hmm. so important. Ooh, I have another thing. Mm. This is something that I just thought of that I was like, I rambled for five minutes and didn't bring this up. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> oops. Um, so as an energetically sensitive person, we are more connected to our intuition. But oftentimes, if again, if you haven't, um, if you've been playing a role for a really long time, if you've put up walls to protect yourself, you might not be. Or again, it can be really hard to figure out like, is this my intuition or is this someone else's energy from across the room? It can be really hard to decipher. So something I work on a lot with clients as well is actually cultivating the intuition, which sounds silly because we all do have intuition. I don't care if you're sensitive, if you're empathic, if you're not, doesn't matter. We all have it. But it is again a skill, a tool that you can cultivate, so I do a bunch of different things with my energetically sensitive people um, to help them start to figure out like decisions because decisions for energetically sensitives are so hard <laughs> so again, decision making uh, yeah. um, you know, I start working with them on listening to their body, listening to their reactions, um, checking in again, like is it something that is actually truly yours? Is it somebody else's? So again, it's just kind of like cultivating that intuition. And there's a lot of different techniques and skills that we can work on uh, or that we can use to work on this. But that's a big thing because if you don't know what your true self is saying, or if you don't know how to listen, then it can be really hard to do these other great things like visualize, like you yes. know, dream, etc if you don't know even where to listen.
0: Yeah, totally.
2: Then you can carry yeah. that skill with you forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
0: And that kind of like leads me into my next question. Um, so you're actually our first guest of 2021.
2: Oh, so. Bless
0: up. Wild. Um, so – you know, as a sensitive person, you know, I'm curious how you then set goals and intentions. So you're obviously getting really clear on who you are and like what you want. So what, how do you set goals and intentions? And yeah, let's go, let's go, let's start there.
2: Mm, Love it. Ooh, so good. I mean, okay. How do I set goals and intentions? Well, for me personally, and I am like a type B, (laughs) not a type A. So for me, I, again, and part of the thing is to, to protect myself from, I don't want to say failure, because like failure is not a bad thing, right? There's a whole bunch of reframing. Actually, I think me and Gina talked about it when she came on my podcast. Um, failure, it's like refri- reframing that failure is not bad. But anywho, in terms of goals, I always remind myself that goals should be shifting because either you got what you wanted and you're moving on, or you didn't get what you wanted and you have to redo something or you decided it wasn't what you wanted. <laughs> so that's like my first thing is I just <laughs> remind myself that like nothing is set in stone. And right. and for some people that might be um, frustrating, but for me, it's freeing. So that's how I start. I'm also a really big fan of manifesting. And I talk about it a lot. And I think it's because it's the perfect amount as a sensitive person of connecting to like energetics of the universe, as well as still being grounded in this world (laughs) and doing action. So for those who aren't into manifesting, I'll just give you my rundown of it. Manifesting is a goal setting technique that involves both you and the universe or whatever you want to call the universe. You could call it spirit. You could call it like whatever. I don't care. So essentially when you manifest, it's like setting a goal. You do an, I want statement. I want to be on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) The next one is a belief statement. And it's also like reminding yourself of like, what is the motivation behind it? So it's like, I, um, like you say it as if you already did it. So I was on Broadway and it made me feel amazing because I finally have accomplished my lifelong goal. Like you want to put a feeling behind it. And then last but not least is the action step. And this is the one that like is your to do, right? What do you want to do? um and what will you do to assist to make this goal happen and so for me it would be like i'm going to have my agent send me to this audition and we're going to do the thing whatever that was a really terrible example but such a clear um, goal such a clear goal. <laughs> such a clear goal um and then the best part about manifesting is that after that it's kind of like okay you have to let go of it and trust that if it's going to happen. It will happen. If it doesn't happen, something in your formula is off or that goal isn't truly meant for you. And that one's the hard one.
0: That's a hard one. And
2: also too, timing isn't in your control. So that's another one.
0: Yeah. I think there's people who like, Manifest and then it doesn't come true, and then they're like, "Well, manifesting doesn't work." And it's like, "No, that's not totally true. It might just mean, like you said, there's something off with the formula, or it's just not aligned with you, and you don't even realize it because you're probably aligning your goal with someone else or what you think Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be doing instead of what is." Yes, Danny.
2: Yes, that is so so spot on, and I think too. Like, I have um, I have an episode about manifesting. Um, well, I have a bunch, but I have one specifically. I did listen
0: to a few, not going to (laughs) lie. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah.
2: I I like the one that's, um, I did some myth busting around manifesting because myth busting Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite things to do. And, um, one of them's called this shit doesn't work. Yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And again, and this is my own personal belief. I, it's funny with manifesting. I don't read a lot about it because I kind of want my own, like my own way of what it it. is. Yeah. I don't want it to be like infiltrated by other people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's one of those things that, and that for some people is so frustrating, Mm -hmm. but I find it freeing to know that there's so much in my control and there is a lot in your control, but you have to realize that you might have to, like, it's not a one and done deal. Mm -hmm. So with goals that, for some people that's really frustrating because they don't get to see the, you might not see that end goal be checked off your list.
1: Hmm. For
2: me, it's exciting because then I can look back at my goals from my manifestations from like a year ago and be like, holy shit, that came true. Like, but not in the way that I thought or whatever. Or I say, wow, look how misaligned that manifestation was and it didn't come true. Or maybe I, I manifested it like six times and it was I had to do all these different actions until it finally happened. Mm. Was that long-winded enough? <laughs> no, that was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> I also
1: thought about um, the people that think of vision, like envisioning their future and um, like vision exercises and also manifesting, which are very close, closely oh, yeah. knitted, um, that they feel – and it's kind of like with – I don't want to bring up religion, but it's kind of like with praying as well. Mm-hmm. Like people think that they can just put it out in the universe and not really – Take any actionable steps. And I think that's where we can find the people who are like, this shit doesn't work because they're not actually doing anything, you know? And when you have the actionable steps, sometimes what I have helped my clients with is, is like, okay, you have the big goal, you have the manifestation. What are other actionable steps? Like, clearly that step is not working. Let's try another action step. Or if they've tried and, you know, exhausted all of those things, then actually looking back at the goal or looking at the bigger picture and being like, is this right for me? Um,
2: yeah. So that's that's where a coach can be so helpful. Cause as a coach, you oftentimes are, well, you should be a, like, um, a non-committed in terms of like, you're not, you're unbiased. That's what I meant to say. Um, so as a coach, it's very easy to be like, to look and see and be like, oh, well you tried this, did you try this? Oh, do you really believe that this is possible? Maybe it's in your mindset that you're having a block or maybe again, we need to tweak the goal. Maybe it's not actually right for you. And I think too, as a coach, we can also see if a manifestation did, or vision, whatever you want to call it, goal, we can see if it came true or happened, and maybe your client hasn't seen it, and it's because it didn't come out the way that they wanted it to, or maybe it wasn't exactly the right way. I have a just a personal anecdote. I had a lot of like money troubles this summer, mm-hmm. to put it didn't very lightly. All didn't yeah, all. right? 2020. <laughs> um, uh, so anywho, I, again, I was manifesting like for my unemployment to come through let's be real (laughs) and it did eventually but that's beside the point during the time though it wasn't coming through wasn't happening and I was getting really upset and I had to have my coach point out Deanna do you see this other abundance that came your way this other money I got like a, a random coaching client or something like that out of the blue or like and it's silly but I sold a pair of jeans on Poshmark And it's like these little things. And it's like, she was like, of course, this isn't like, yes, your unemployment isn't fixed. I get it. And that's not coming to fruition yet. But you have to recognize, like, what was the main thing behind that? Why do you want the unemployment to come through? Because you... You are asking for money. Yes. Yes. So it
0: might come through in different ways than we're mm. expecting. It's like not attaching the outcome to like this one thing. Like I need to get the unemployment. It's like, no, you wanted money. Like you needed money. Here it is. The universe is actually. Action step
1: will change, and that's okay. Yes.
2: Yes. Ooh, love this chat. Oh my God. (laughs) Well,
1: to wrap up our episode, we are gonna ask you some rapid fire questions. Are you ready?
2: Oh, I'm so fucking ready. So Do it
1: doesn't it. mean that you answer them quickly or efficiently. They're just I mean, you can. I mean, you can if you want to, but
2: yeah. I mean, knowing me, it's not gonna be like that. So let's go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, number one. What is your go to audition song?
2: <gasps> oh gosh, um, Lost in His Eyes, Deborah Harry. Oh, yeah. It's a Can perfect, you sing a portion for me? Yeah. I don't know if I At all not knowing what I'm headed for. Yeah, not to do the bell
1: part because like,
2: <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yes. I it's like, like you had to back away from the
0: mic because you were like about to like bust She's so professional. I know. You knew. Yeah.
2: Oh, and then my other one, just because I'll put it out there because it's yes. a great song. If you're looking – well, I'm giving it away. Whatever. It's fine. Abundance. It's all good. Um, <laughs> Also, uh, what's going on here from paint your wagon. Mm. It's a fantastic, belty, cute, funny song. If you're Mm. looking for something like eight Oh Annie esque and you don't want to do, I can't say no.
1: Oh my God. I hate that song.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love it, but it's like, it's so overdone. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) I don't
0: know all the cool songs. Danny,
2: what would be your audition song?
0: A Disney song? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, that is like my
2: nightmare. I'm like, no, I don't fit Disney, please. Actually, I mean,
0: whatever type is <laughs> Unfortunately, I do. I know. I was like, you were, were the Disney queen, but. <laughs> I love it.
2: Mine was always like
1: first time in forever or some
0: crap. Oh, that's such a good one. Oh. <laughs> it is. Okay, next question. What is a book or podcast that inspires you?
2: Oh, so many. Yes, um, I'm sure on you stage have many. with wellness. Uh,
0: oh, good answer. <laughs> I'm just you like, win. Bring,
2: bring me back. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so, one of my favorites, and I think it's because it's so applicable to everyone, is Happier by Gretchen Rubin.
0: Yeah, that was actually, I think, my very first personal development book I ever read. Yes, well what? the podcast is what I love. Oh.
2: oh, Yeah, the oh, book is the writing it down day project. That was Oh, but it, I mean the books are great too. I will say. So the Happier uh, the Happier podcast with Gretchen mm. Rubin is fantastic. It's usually 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes and it's always got actionable tips. Love
1: it. Mm, it's love really that.
2: great for personal development. And then also too her book. Two books, sorry y'all. Better writing Than Before, which is all about habit change, which is so incredibly helpful cuz she has all these strategies and like Some strategies will work for you. Some won't. And then in tandem, the four tendencies, which is just another personality framework. Oh yeah. But it's really helpful because when we understand how we respond to expectations, you can kind of craft your habit change around that. So they kind of go in tandem, but they're both by Gretchen Rubin. Mm -hmm.
0: She is really like, she does do a lot of tangible tips, which is so good. (laughs) Yeah, that's great.
2: Those were good. I wrote all of those things down. Yeah. Not at all woo-woo though. She's very grounded. So it's funny because as someone who's very woo, it's like I oftentimes need that very actionable grounding because I'm not Mm -hmm. like that.
1: I love that. (laughs) And I'm, I'm sure a lot of other creatives are not either. So you're not the only one. Yeah. Do you have, um, this is a random question. Do you have like a place where you house your resources or on your podcast, do you um extend your resources to your audience?
2: Yes, sometimes. I have a couple episodes about it. I'm working on, oh gosh, y'all are getting it all. I mean, this is coming out in 2021, are, right? Yes. So by then, hopefully I get my shit together. Um, oh, okay, y'all. <laughs> so I'm working on a website and I'm working on getting a blog up because as much as I love podcasting, I also mm. really love to write. So hopefully, yes. Good. And I also have an email list. So like- Amazing. At some point, the email lists will be getting all sorts of like Diana's guides to everything. Oh my but God. yes. We will talk, talk
1: about soon. all of that
0: in yeah. just a sec. Okay. Yeah. Two more oh,
2: questions gosh. for you. <laughs> yes, go for it. Okay,
1: what were some health hacks or health like habits that mm-hmm. would get you through
2: performances or even audition? <gasps> Ooh, yeah. Okay, so tangible. <laughs> yes, of course. So depending on depending on who you are, which is such a bad way to start an answer. Um, be careful with caffeine. I see a lot of people over caffeinating. And for some people, maybe not using it to their advantage. So for me, I have a lot of fire in my chart. We're going to Astro now. Um, so for me, I actually really have to be careful about how much caffeine I consume. And I do notice, especially as someone sensitive, like if I drink too much, I'm like too, I take in too much. <laughs> if I don't drink enough, I'm like energetically turned off. So
0: hmm.
2: be careful with caffeine and really do your best not to overcaffeinate. And then my other health hack or tip is to move in general, <laughs> move in general. Cause moving for me has been life change or finding movement that aligns with what I need. Again, I'm pretty sensitive and my body is really sensitive. So I have to be careful with high intensity. Again, a lot of fire in my chart. Cardio is not my friend. So especially when I'm doing a show, if there's dancing, Mm-hmm. I almost always have to do just restorative work on the back end mm-hmm. and real, so really limiting. balancing.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we
0: we're literally mm-hmm. just speaking about that. I know. Right, I'm, right, l- I'm like, mm-hmm. I I know, like looking at you. you. Yeah. Yeah. We're um, doing a F- whole episode about this. Yeah. F- oh, FBI so 2021,
1: good. We're doing an episode about balancing movement. So stay <gasps> tuned.
0: Oh my gosh. I can't wait to listen. Mm.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, the last question that we ask all of our guests is what does on stage with wellness mean to you? oh,
2: it's so good. It's exactly what you just said about balancing. I mean, it's all about optimizing your outside life so that you can show up on stage grounded and connected. Mm -hmm. I think that going back to what we originally started talking about for very sensitive people, you can feel like the world pushes you around. You can feel like other people dictate what you feel, how you show up, who you are and that's really unsettling. And you can feel, it, it can lead to feeling either really anxious or really depressed or both. And I don't use those words lightly. So on stage with wellness to me means figuring out who you are outside of your industry, outside of the stage, figuring out who you are, how you tick, how you work best, like how you can optimize yourself and that doesn't necessarily mean health, like like health hacking per se. Maybe it does, um, but figuring out who you are and what you need, so that when we do add that extra layer, because it's a big extra layer of performing, you can show up as the authentic, true you, ready to go, grounded, and ready to bring your best self to the table. Uh, Ugh! What every- a every wh- drop the mic. <laughs>
0: I know that was like the perfect way to uh, end this interview because I feel like it perfectly summarized everything we talked about, and you just like Mm. put it in like words that all like flowed really nicely together. And I think both.
1: (laughs) I think that's a great subject to bring up for this past year uh, of 2020 when people have stepped away from performing not by choice, yeah, and they just don't know who they are. And we've had so many episodes about this, about identity crises, and you're saying. Really get grounded in who you are. Know who you are outside of the performing industry because this is just a layer, a facade of who you are. It's not everything.
2: Oh, so important. Yes. It's a small, small part of us. And of course, like I would never tell someone not to identify as anything like, mm-hmm. and it's okay if it's, it's okay if it's a really big part of your life, mm-hmm. but the fact is it's only a part. Yes. We are not our career. Mm-hmm. We are more and knowing who you are outside of the audition room, outside of the stage is only going to benefit you in those places when we're able to go back to them. Ah, so good girl.
0: I feel like everything you said totally, completely resonated with me. I Mm. I feel like I personally got a lot out of this (laughs) this episode. I feel very
1: inspired and motivated right now.
0: Yes. Oh, I'm so Morning sickness
1: is gone.
2: (laughs) 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 Amazing. Oh, Oh, my God.
1: Okay. Well, Deanna, where can our listeners find you? Because I know after this episode they're going to want to find you.
2: Oh, that's so awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to have to update y'all because hopefully I'll have like a landing place. Um, amazing. Again, Gina did this to me and I like oh, yeah. this because you were in the middle you were of so your flexible. Rebrand. It was so perfect. <laughs> um, but that said, you can find me on Instagram at The Nourished Actor, I'm Nourished with an E-D. <laughs> mm. You can find me weekly on The Nourished Actor podcast. You can find okay. that wherever you listen. Um, what else? Oh, on Facebook, there's two places. So there's the Nourished Actor podcast page, which is just like the place that I announce episodes. But more importantly, there's a community group called the Nourished Actor Community Group. That one's private. I just put like, you know, prompts up there. I do like mini coaching sessions and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of a really good place to not only meet other people who may be like minded to you, but also, um, it's a great place to have some access to me outside of the podcast. So those are my big places that you can find me right now, or you can go to my professional page, which is (sighs) DeannaEschelman.com. Nourished Actor webpage coming soon. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes.
1: And you have some big things coming soon. So it's 2021. It's a new year. What
2: is your word of the year this year? 2020? 21. Oh God. I haven't even, I haven't gotten that far. (laughs) Oh, girl, you better think of it. (laughs) I think maybe um, it's like metamorphosis. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. that's a big word. Oh that's my god! I just word. thought of
1: Power Rangers for a second.
2: Well, my first <laughs> word was like time. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my god! I loved Power Rangers. No, I'm thinking more like I was thinking butterfly because I just feel like I've been in this chrysalis for a real mm. long time, and girl's ready to like get out of that. <laughs> oh um. So that's where I got the word. But that was right <gasps> off the top of my head. I haven't Shit. thought about it yet.
1: That was good. That's I also good thought one. of
2: expansion.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, mm. totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Metamorphosis is so much more
2: cool, though. I mean, yeah. expansion's good, too.
1: <laughs> oh, was so gorgeous. Uh, all right, Deanna. Well, it was a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure having you here. We Thank love you. talking to you, and you're welcome back you. anytime.
2: Oh, my gosh. Anytime you need someone to talk in circles about energetics, <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Hey,
1: creatives. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. We are beyond grateful for your
0: interest and support in our conversation. We hope you'll tune in each week for fresh new content and some inspiration from wherever you are in the world. Whether you're on tour, auditioning, or in your hometown community theater, share this with your cast, friends, and anyone in the industry who could benefit from this podcast. If you like what you hear, write us a review.
1: You can do this through Apple, Spotify, or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Share with us what you like
0: and what you wanna hear more of. This will help us with our mission to support performers with their health and wellness goals you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at On Stage with Wellness. You can follow Danny at Danny Nicole Wellness and Gina at Gina Daniels Coaching. You can find all the links you need in the show notes. Until next time,
1: performers, remember, you know enough, you have enough, and you are enough.